Don't worry about anything but in everything by prayer and petition. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Thanks for listening today. This is the Hour of Intercession. I'm Pastor Joseph Parker. We invite you to look with us in God's Word in the book of Exodus, Exodus chapter 20, beginning at verse 1. And God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image, any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them nor serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing mercy to thousands to those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work, you nor your son nor your daughter, nor your male servant, nor your female servant, nor your cattle, nor your stranger who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. Honor your father and mother, that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, nor his male servant, nor his female servant, nor his ox, nor his donkey, nor anything that is your neighbor's. Verses 1 through 17, Exodus chapter 20. And then briefly one additional passage from the New Testament, 2 Timothy chapter 1, beginning at verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, according to the promise of life, which is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, a beloved son. Grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father in Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve with a pure conscience as my forefathers did, as without ceasing I remember you in my prayers night and day, greatly desiring to see you being mindful of your tears, that I may be filled with joy when I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded is in you also. Therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Therefore do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but share with me in the sufferings for the gospel according to the power of God, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. Verses 1 through 9, 2 Timothy chapter 1. Father, we thank you once again for the wonderful, the blessed, and the just a wonderful privilege of being children of God, a part of your family. Thank you for saving us, making us brand new, and drawing us into your family. Father, thank you for calling us out of the world and into a new relationship with you and one another. 
And what an honor and a privilege it is for us to not only know you and to be able to walk with you, but what a blessing it is for us to be involved in the wonderful work of evangelism and discipleship, helping others to come to know Christ and grow in the faith. And thank you for the wonderful gift and opportunity in a special way to be able to disciple our own children and our grandchildren, to help them to come to know Christ, to grow up in Christ, and to grow strong in their walk with the Lord, to become warriors for your kingdom. What an honor, what a privilege, what a great responsibility and opportunity you give us. Lord, anoint us afresh with the Spirit of grace, mercy, and diligence, that we would be faithful and diligent to do our best as we trust your, you and the power of your Spirit to be good and godly believers, good and godly and wise fathers and mothers and godly grandfathers and grandmothers as well. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the Hour of Intercession. Rick Robertson is our producer, and he's going to lead us in a word of prayer at this time. Our Heavenly Father, we're so thankful that we can approach your holy throne today, and we recognize it's because we're clothed in the righteousness of your Son, Jesus Christ. We thank you that you sent him from heaven down to this sinful earth to die on the cross for us. We rejoice in that today. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, Rick. And thank you again for listening to the Hour of Intercession. I want to continue to remind our listeners, my email is joseph at afr.net. Again, that's joseph at afr.net. Some of the resources we've shared and continue to share, we want to remind you about. Uh, as we've continued to have, uh, in a very wonderful and blessed way, have guests, uh, individuals, young people that were part of our Ten Commandments Project Pro-Life Speech Contest, it's been our privilege to be able to feature them, to feature their speeches, and uh, inviting their parents to come on to share about their journey in discipling their children and the young people's journey in doing the speech and how they've grown as well. It's a, been a blessing and a privilege to be able to do that. And some of, the, some of the articles that we've written to put on the AFA stand are articles that are resource tools to, for discipleship, discipling our children in particular. If you'd like to email us to get some of those Three of the articles in particular, the titles are, number one, The High Priority of Discipling Our Children, number two, Redeeming the Time with Our Children, and the third article, Children Who Read the Word of God. Each of them is a very helpful and productive uh, tool for you to help encourage you and give you insight and wisdom about discipling your children. Simply email me at that email, joseph at afr.net, and we're glad to share that, share these articles with you. We're very blessed and honored to have with us as our phone guest today, Monica Simpson, and of course she's mom, and then her son Blake, who was a part of Blake Simpson, who was a part of the Ten Commandments Project Pro Life Speech Contest. Monica and Blake, how are you all today? Good. Thanks for having us. Oh, we're yeah, really good. Really honored to have you on today, and of course, as I mentioned, Blake, you were one of about thirty-eight young people that participated in our Pro Life Speech Contest this year. Uh, again, you did a great job, and we look forward to hearing your speech soon on the broadcast. But as we begin, uh, Monica, thank you for taking the time. I know you're a busy mom, and it's a sacrifice, I know, to take the time to be on a broadcast like this. So we're honored that you took the time to do that. Would you take a few moments just to further introduce yourself and your family before we get into talking more about uh, Blake and his participation in the pro-life speech contest? Well, sure. Thank you. Um for this opportunity. My 
husband is actually on the road. He's driving three and a half hours to pick our kids up from um, a Catholic camp, Camp Damascus, in the north woods of Wisconsin. So that's why he's not here today. But he is listening. Hi, honey. Um, we have seven children on earth, two in heaven from miscarriage. So we have nine kids total, but um, seven with us. Blake's in high school. He's our oldest. And then our youngest was born six weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So you certainly are a busy mom, and that's, you know, I would just mention this, Monica, in particular. I, I think it's just very, so beautiful to hear about uh, Christian parents that have large families. There's just something special about that. And to, uh, obviously, again, you have a lot on your plate, but God calls children a reward. Now, people in the world use lots of other words, but in Psalm 127, he refers to children as rewards. So he's giving you nine precious rewards, and thank the Lord for Christian parents like you and your husband who are doing your part to help them to grow in their faith. So thank you for being with us today. Uh, Father, again, we thank you for Monica. Thank you for Blake. Thank you for this opportunity. Father, anoint our time with an even greater anointing, and I pray that the name of Jesus will be lifted up powerfully there every moment of this broadcast. And do a special work in the heart of every parent listening, stirring them to become even more faithful in the air of discipling their children and following you. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Well, Monica, we're going to talk to you as mom first a little bit, and then we'll get to talk to Blake uh, shortly. But to begin with, I want to ask you this question. How would you say that uh, Blake has been strengthened and encouraged in his relationship with Christ as he participated in the Ten Commandments Project speech contest. He definitely clarified his pro-life argument. He was very pro-life prior to this, but having to write it down and rehearse and film and refilm, and uh, again, I just clarified his ideas and got them out there. It's different than like reading about it or discussing it at the kitchen table. So that was that was very good for him. Um, you know, every life is precious. God created every single soul, but the culture does not see it that way, especially with the most recent court case um, when Roe was overta- um, overturned. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, even kids like Blake come across this dissent at their schools, even at that age. And, you know, the better his argument against abortion, the better he can defend life and convince others. And I know they, you know, he's a liked individual at school, so they see, oh, you know, this this pro-life kid, he, he makes sense, and he's a nice kid, and maybe that's where I want to go. Mm-hmm. You know that you've said a whole lot in just a few moments there, Monica. Thank you for just sharing there. Uh, and it's encouraging to hear uh, you said Blake was already pro-life, but sharpen his, basically his perspective, his ability to communicate his true, his, his, his perspective and his understanding. So praise God for the fact that the Holy Spirit was able to do a work in his life through this project. So we're grateful for that. Did it in any way at all surprise you that Blake decided to get involved with the Ten Commandments speech contest? It did, uh, a little bit. He is busy with schoolwork at the time, um, in school activities. He has religious ed classes. He's getting confirmed this fall, I believe. And um, he uh, got the notice from his godmother at a busy time in the school year. So I said, oh, you should do that. He's like, I, I think I will. I don't know. I didn't push it. I just prayed about it. And so when he said he was going to do it and he was going to film, um, I think the week of the deadline, I was like, oh, Oh, okay, so yes and no. <laughs> mm. <laughs> you know, that that's just an interesting uh, kind of journey. But, uh, you know, each of the children's journey has been a little different, though. But 
again, we're just really grateful that he did decide to be used because by the grace of the Lord through this broadcast, thousands of people will hear his speech and be blessed and encouraged about it. And I think it's good for believers to not be caught up in the fact that Blake is just such a young man because the truth he speaks is truth for everyone at every age because truth blesses the world. And so we're grateful that he did choose to do that. How do you think any young person could benefit by participating in a project like this? Well, the more you practice and research your reasons for anything, the more confident you are. So he had to practice and research reasons for being pro every soul God created, being pro-life. Um, and the better you are at that for something like this, the better you can win over others over um, mm. in the outside life. And, um, you know, just that confidence presenting your beliefs. Mm. That's good. Sometimes when we're confronted about them, we fumble and this way, it's, you know, it, it just becomes solidified. That's right. That's right. Well, uh, we're coming up on a break in just a few moments. And on the other side of the break, uh, Monica, I'm going to ask if you'll pray for parents in particular, that they would grow in their understanding of the great need for us to make it a high priority to really disciple our children, to help them to come to know Christ and grow strong in the Lord. So again, we'll have you to pray on the other side of the, side of the break. Father, again, we thank you for young people like Blake who are who love you and who desire to take a stand, to be vessels through which you can reach, to touch the world with your truth, your truth which sets people free. Help us, Lord, to recognize that there's great spiritual warfare surrounding, well, in life period, but surrounding this particular issue. Father, raise up more and more bold warriors who will take a stand for you, both young people like Blake and people any age who recognize, Lord, that... It's so important that we understand that you don't take sides. You simply tell us your word, and when we're wise, we will get on your side and speak from your perspective. Help us to be a people that are boldly proclaiming the gospel and boldly standing for life and sharing truth with a world that desperately needs to hear it. Help us more and more to be wise enough to teach and train our children to become diligent students of your word, children who read your word daily and live by it as well daily. We thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. You're listening to the Hour of Intercession. Our phone guests today are Monica uh, Simpson and her son Blake Simpson as well. We'll be right back.
Music from Lincoln Brewster, Made New. Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession here on American Family Radio. Our phone guests today are Monica Simpson and her son, Blake Simpson. Blake did participate in the Ten Commandments Project Pro-Life Speech Contest. And so, Monica, I'm going to ask at this time, would you pray for parents that they would grow in their understanding of the need to make discipling our children one of the high priorities of their life as they follow the Lord? Absolutely. Heavenly Father, thank you for bringing us here today. Thank you for the gift of parenthood. These are your children given to us to raise, to glorify you, just like you gave Jesus to St. Joseph and the Blessed Mother. Help us to love them and disciple them so that one day their lives witness Christianity to a broken world. They will be a light to draw others to you. Make us fearless in how we love them, setting firm guidelines coupled with wisdom we learned from the Bible. Help us to act boldly and learn from our mistakes, stay consistent in our parenting, and turn to you in our struggles. Bless all those listening. In your name, amen. 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 And Father, too, thank you, and I praise you for every parent listening. Father, anoint each parent with a fresh anointing of the spirit of prayer and anoint them afresh with the spirit of discipleship. We thank you and praise you and stir parents to see and grow in their understanding of the importance of doing just that. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. Monica, sounds like your little one would like to get on the broadcast with Big Brother today. So <laughs> glad to have yeah. a little one as well. So, But we're going to talk to Blake. We're going to talk to Blake. Blake, how are you today? Oh, I'm great. All right. Good to have you on today. And once again, thank you so much for participating in the Pro-Life Speech Contest. You had a very powerful speech, and we're going to share it in just a few moments. So, But remind me, Blake, how old are you? Um, I'm 15. You're 15, okay. And um, tell me, do you have any hobbies you'd like to share with us, things you do or involved with? Yeah, uh, I love fishing and reading and playing guitar. All right. Okay, and apparently you love preaching, too. You did a powerful job with your speech as well, so we're grateful to be able to share it. We're going to take a moment now to share your speech, and then we're going to come back and talk to you about it, okay? All right. Hi there, my name is Blake Simpson and I am here to give a speech about why we should protect the lives and rights of unborn children. Have you ever wondered why the church condemns abortion? Are you confused about why is it, why it is a sin? Why are women so traumatized after having an abortion and why is it so difficult to talk about? Do you even really understand what abortion is? Well, abortion is the deliberate termination of a human pregnancy, and there are several good reasons that abortion is very wrong, both religious and just common sense. People who are pro-choice may tell you that being against abortion violates women's rights and people's right to choose, but they are very wrong, and I can tell you why. First of all, people may say that women should have the right to choose abortion, but that's like telling someone that you deserve the right to kill anyone on your property. Obviously, this is absurd, but the similarities are scary. Just because the baby is inside the woman doesn't mean it's her own personal property to use and destroy at her will. Aside from that fact, women who are pregnant have the parental responsibility of keeping their unborn child safe. Abortion would kill this child. That is the exact opposite of what they should do. Now, some people may argue that the unborn aren't alive, but this is ridiculous. Almost all scientists, even ones who are pro-choice, agree that life begins at the moment of conception. But does life mean that it is human life? Yes, it does. 
Just because the baby doesn't look like us and is much smaller than us doesn't mean that it isn't human. It just means that it's a human in an earlier stage of development. Would you say that an oak tree seed is a different type of plant than the tree because it doesn't look the same or is much smaller? It just wouldn't make sense. And the same goes for people, born and unborn. There are a few things that separate an unborn child from born people. Level of development, size, environment, and dependency. I already mentioned level of development and size, but first there are a few more reasons under those categories why abortion is wrong. For one thing, no matter how developed an unborn child is, even if it hasn't entered the uterus yet, it still has the potential to become a fully grown human being. And second, if abortion is okay because the unborn are so much smaller than us, then wouldn't it be wrong to kill people who are smaller than us or have stunted growth? It would be less wrong, sorry, then wouldn't it be less wrong to kill people who are smaller than us or have stunted growth? Again, this line of reasoning makes absolutely no sense. So, now we know that neither size nor level of development detract from an unborn baby's humanity. But what about the environment and dependency? Well, if environment was the defining difference that makes abortion okay, then abortion throughout all nine months of pregnancy must be okay. Also, if, ab- if environment is the reason, then wouldn't that apply to all humans all over the earth in many different environments? The last factor in deciding whether an unborn child is human or not is dependency. Let's just say that unborn babies aren't worthy of life because they are dependent on the mother. Well, everyone is dependent upon people to some degree, born or unborn. Newborn babies are still very dependent on their mothers, but that doesn't mean that infanticide is okay. Also, if dependency takes away a baby's right to life, that means that people who are more dependent upon others than us are less worthy to be alive than us. People with conditions like Down syndrome or the elderly, who often need caretakers with them, don't have as much of a right to life as us if this is true. So clearly, dependency doesn't help determine whether an unborn child is human or not. So, we know that unborn are humans, but the question is, are they people? That is, they have bodies and minds, but do they have souls yet? Even if you don't believe in souls, when does a baby become a person philosophically? The Catholic Church teaches that the soul enters the body from the moment of conception. But let's say that there are no souls. How can we know when a baby becomes a person if there are no souls? The answer is, we can't. We can't be sure when during development an unborn baby becomes a person philosophically. If we aren't sure about something like this, then should we really take the chance of killing a person? Of course, we already know as Catholics that a baby has a soul from the moment of conception. So this should be reason enough that abortion is wrong. These reasons I gave above should hopefully communicate why abortion is wrong. But the main reason is that it kills innocent human beings. Murder has always been frowned upon by culture throughout the world and through all of history. And that should include the unborn as well. Thank you for listening. Amen, Blake. Powerful speech. Very wise and very thoughtful speech that you shared. Thank you again for taking the time to put it together and to share it. We're so grateful for that. Just uh, want to ask you a few things about your journey in doing the speech and participating. Uh, first, let me just ask you this. Uh, why did you decide to enter the Ten Commandments speech contest? What made you decide to enter? Um, yeah, um, I really... I really wanted to share my thoughts on this, and um, a lot of times, like, I don't 
like, a lot of my friends don't agree with me and stuff, and I wanted a chance to practice telling people about why abortion is wrong. Mm. And so you had, you said you've had friends that really are on the other side of this issue then. Yeah, I do, but mm. um, now I feel, I feel more comfortable talking to them about things like that now. And praise God for the fact that by the grace of the Lord, as a young man, you're courageous enough to do that because that's what God calls us all to do. So we're grateful that you do that. Did you learn anything new that you didn't already know as you research, whether in in your Bible and just research as a whole as you prepared your speech? Did you learn anything new at all? Yeah, um, I learned a lot. A lot of those reasons were um, learned from one um, really good book. It's um, called. Persuasive Pro-Life, it's by Trent Horn. You might have heard of it. It's uh, a bit old, but it is still very helpful. And that book taught me, like, all of those factors about environment and dependency and size and how those don't really make a difference. Mm -hmm. And it gave me a lot of good arguments against abortion. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, I'm glad that you were able to put those together in a way and just articulate it so beautifully as you did. So grateful that you did. Uh, what what would you say too? Like, uh, well, well, let me ask you this too. How has being involved in this particular project helped you grow in your walk with the Lord, in your relationship with the Lord, with Christ? I feel like it gave me more courage to tell people about Jesus and relating to these issues, and um, it made me like learn more about why Jesus does not want these kinds of things happening, like abortion. Mm. All right. Well, I appreciate that. Okay. Uh, you are going to read a passage of Scripture for us to begin with. If uh, You're going to read from, let's see, Psalm 19, correct? Yeah. Okay. Please go right ahead. All right. Uh, the heavens are telling the glory of God. And the firmament proclaims his handiwork. Day to day pours forth speech, and night to night declares knowledge. There is no speech, nor are there words, yet their voice is not heard. Yet their voice goes out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. In them he has set a tent for the sun, which comes forth like a bridegroom leaving his chamber. And like a strong man runs its course with joy. Its rising is from the end of the heavens, and its circuit to the end of them and there is nothing hid from its heat. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul, the testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The ordinances of the Lord are true, and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold sweeter also than honey, and drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is thy servant warned. In keeping them there is great reward, but who can discern his errors? Clear thou me from hidden faults. Keep back thy servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then I shall be blameless and innocent of great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. 
All right. Thanks, Blake. Appreciate you reading that. You're an excellent reader. You were going to read a passage from the Gospel of Luke for us as well. Luke chapter 2, I think. Would you go ahead and read that as well? Yeah, chapter 2, verses 41 through 52. Okay. Um, all right. Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the Feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up according to custom. And when the feast was ended, as they were returning, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents did not know it, but supposing him to be in the company, they went a day's journey, and they sought him among their kinsfolk and acquaintances. And when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem, seeking him. After three days, they found him in the temple, sitting among teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. And when they saw him, they were astonished, and his mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us so? Behold, your father and I have been looking for you anxiously. And he said to them, How is it that you sought me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? And they did not understand the saying which he spoke to them. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth, and was obedient to them. And his mother kept all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. All right, Blake. Thank you for reading both of those passages, both those powerful passages. We appreciate that. I really like to have young people like yourself to come on the broadcast and read Scripture. The Holy Spirit uses that in so many good ways. So thank you for reading. Uh, would you take time now to pray for other young people that might be listening? Whatever's on your heart to pray for them about. Yeah. Um, dear Lord, we pray that young people would see your truth and see past the lies of the culture in t today's world and be able to tell others about you, Lord. And please let them be active in their faith in you and let them see past the lies and let them see that these things are wrong, abortion is wrong. And let them see that through you. Um, amen. 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 Father, to thank you for Blake. Thank you for many other young people that you are raising up to be bold witnesses for you in a world that desperately needs to hear your truth. Father, thank you for every young person, child, and youth that are listening today. Thank you for every believer that's listening, period. Father, pour out upon us all afresh the spirit of boldness and grace. Help us as believers to be bold witnesses for the Lord Jesus Christ everywhere you've called us to be. And Father, Lord, I pray that for any unsaved young persons, young men or young women that are listening or of any age, touch them, draw them to yourself and save them, Lord. Help them to come to know, too, that your truth will bless their lives in a way that no one else or nothing else can. And Lord, more and more, open all of our eyes to see that you, Lord Jesus, are the answer to everything, every problem, every challenge, every difficulty in life. And help us as your church to boldly proclaim your truth. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. You're listening to the Hour of Intercession. Our phone guest today are Monica Simpson and her son Blake. We'll be right back. Feeling lonely This world got a way 
you're showing me. Some days it'll lift you up, some days it'll call you bluff. Man, most of my days I ain't got enough. of Toby Mac with I Just Need You. Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession here on American Family Radio. Our phone guests today are Monica Simpson and her son Blake Simpson as well. Blake, again, was one of the participants in our Ten Commandments Project Pro-Life Speech Contest. And uh, we just heard his speech a few moments ago, powerful speech, very persuasive speech. And we're grateful that we had the privilege of featuring that speech. Blake, just uh, two or three more questions before we let you go and come back to speak with your mom once again. What are some things, Blake, that you feel like the church could do to help more children and youth both come to know Christ and to grow in their faith in Christ as well? Yeah, um, I think the church, one thing that they're already doing that is good is that they have several camps or activities for young people to come to for a day and then, or for a few days, and like they'll do things and then they'll listen to talks or go to church every day. One of them I went to like a week ago. It's called Love Begins Here. It is a service camp with um, like you go out during the day, you do service for other people, and then you come back, do daily mass, and then um, you listen to talks about Jesus. And um, I think that's one thing that the church could do more as well. But um, also just reaching out to more schools, I think, would be a great thing for the church to do to bring young people more closer to Jesus. Mm. You know, you're a wise young man, uh, Blake. I appreciate you sharing that. And, you know, church camps are just wonderful tools that God uses to help lots of people. Lots of young people get saved through church camp, the ministries. And many are discipled tremendously through that work. So thank you for sharing that and sharing your thoughts there. Uh, 
what would be some things that you would encourage? Like right now, there may be a lot of young people younger than you and your age and older too that may be listening. What would be some things you'd encourage them to pray for in our in our culture where we are today? I would pray for the strength to resist the lies of um, our culture today. And I would pray that the people in charge of our nation are um, like given the truth and are able to do the right things. And I would pray that our culture becomes an easier place for Christians to um, talk about Jesus and less of a, like, just less lies. Mm, that's right. More, more tr- truth is what sets people free. Lies cause problems, trouble, and confusion for everyone. So that's, that's a great point. Thank you, Blake. Blake, thank you so much again just for being with us and sharing. Father, we thank you again for Blake. Thank you for all his brothers and sisters. Thank you for his dad and mom. And thank you for the great work they're doing in discipling Blake and all the rest of his brothers and sisters. Father, anoint them afresh with the spirit of grace, Lord. And Father, for every parent listening, every young person listening, Part your mercy mightily upon us. Stir us all to become more and more persons who love your word and love you and are committed to being hearers and doers of your word. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, we're going to talk back to Monica, uh, Blake's mom, one more time. And Monica, your, your daughter is determined to be an important person on the broadcast. So it's an honor to have her on. <laughs> so, all right. Well, our time is almost, we have a few more minutes, so, but one, we'd really like to draw on some of the, more of the wisdom and the grace the Lord has given you as a Christian parent in discipling. What would you say, Monica, are two or three of some of the biggest challenges of discipling your children that you've dealt with as a Christian parent? Definitely navigating the culture's influence. Um, you know, it's in everything, smartphones are everywhere. And if we don't give our kids smartphones or uh, let them do social media, so, like, they're left out of stuff. But if we were to give into that, they'd be part of stuff. You know, it's the new telephone, but they'd also be, like, exposed to a lot of lies. Um, We know a lot of good Christian families where kids are, like, swayed away from Christian thoughts. So, um, but it's still, it's still difficult. Mm. You know, I, I do appreciate you sharing that. That is a huge challenge today. And we as Christian parents and grandparents need to be wise enough to recognize that, you know, the a smartphone or computer, those are simply tools. But sadly, we see where it looks like the, the world wants to dominate them. And as we as Christian parents have to look to God for wisdom and grace to know how to know how to put turn those aside, set those aside. You know, those are what you call we could call weapons of mass distraction. Our kids need the word of God. They need to be rooted in the word of God. They need to be full of the word of God. So Parents are wise to make it a high priority to, uh, on a regular basis. Well, I, I like to encourage parents daily to have their children read at least three chapters in the Bible each and every day. So that's a great point. Thank you for sharing that as well. Uh, what would you say is something that you have found to be kind of easy in the midst of the discipleship work you're doing with your children, something that comes to you fairly easily? What might that be? I am good at maintaining structure. I've learned that skill over the years, but I think I'm pretty good at that. Um, and obviously it's wonderful seeing the rewards that discipling children brings, uh, the behaviors and, and uh, the, um, the ambition towards God. Mm. 
you know, that that's that's a very important skill in life, period. But I guess especially for parents with uh, large families as you have. And, you know, I was sharing recently with another guest about I really like for and I like to encourage believers to read about Susanna Wesley. Uh, she is a unique character. She was the mother of John and Charles Wesley, but I think she had either ni- 18 or 19 children, and yet she was very structured in the way she discipled them and, and molded and shaped them. And, of course, John and Charles Wesley were used by the Lord to really bless the the church all over the world. So that's a great point. Having the wisdom and the grace to be disciplined enough to structure your day with your children and with your life as well. So uh, I want to ask, Monica, would you take a moment specifically to pray for parents to grow in their understanding of just disciplines like that? Because that helps everybody. Would you pray for parents in that regard, please? Dear Lord, you persisted in healing those who are sick despite being persecuted, despite your own struggles, help us to follow your example and persist in discipling our children, persist in our parenting, to give them a peaceful structure to their lives that directs them towards you. We ask this in your name. Amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you. Well, we asked about what you found somewhat sort of easy. What would you say as a parent that you've felt that you feel like has been a challenge to you? Maybe something that's a a more challenging or difficult aspect of discipling your children. Anything that comes to mind? Well, sure. I I think it the the biggest one for us has been like finding our groove with each other because we didn't have kids when we were married. So once we had them, mm-hmm. uh, we each come from different backgrounds of um, you know discipling at home. And mm-hmm. um, I came from a very Catholic household. My husband was not raised in with faith, so. Um, disciplining looked different for both of us and um, the the strengths and the weaknesses from both of those. So um, bringing those together, being on the same page, it's definitely taken, uh, it's taken a few years, but um, you know, it's, it's, it's a process. Mm. I think we, I think we do okay, but it's, that's been our difficulty. Okay. That's good. You know, as you touch on very beautifully there, Unity between husband and wife as they oversee the discipleship and raising of their children is critical to everything, uh, being being on one accord. And it takes the, the grace of God and the Holy Spirit to help make that happen because you're two human beings. And so uh, I want one more. Uh, I'm going to ask one more time. If, would you pray for couples in their gro- their spiritual growth as well as their wisdom as couples to know how to wisely navigate guiding their children in their walk with the Lord? Would you pray for couples, please? Dear Lord, thank you for the vocation of marriage. Help us to honor one another and to follow you individually and together as we raise the gifts that you have given us. Help us to get on the same page. Help us to be unified in how we bring them to you. We ask this in your name. Amen. Amen. And Father, too, thank you. Thank you for every couple that may be listening or husband or wife that may be listening who's seeking to become more one with their spouse as you would have them to be. Father, anoint every couple or husband or wife in their marriage with the spirit of unity. Help them to draw closer to you and closer to one another in unity in their walk with you. Give them wisdom and grace to be the effective and faithful Christian parents you'd have them to be. Help them to grow in their love for you and your word. Help them to grow in their love for instilling your word in their children and guide them in being faithful and simply being 
uh, faithful disciples as husbands and wives, as dads and moms and fathers, for grandfathers and grandmothers as well. Anoint them with the wisdom and grace to be in unity in the way they love, minister to, and encourage their grandchildren in the work of discipleship as well. We thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Well, again, Monica and Blake, thank you so much again for being with us today. You you all have shared a lot of insight and wisdom. And uh, I don't think I asked, what's the baby's name? Annie. Annie. Okay, then. Well, thank you, Monica, Blake, and Annie for being on the broadcast today and sharing your wisdom and encouragement. And again, many people will be blessed and encouraged both by Blake, by your speech, but also by the wisdom and insight both, both of you shared. So thank you all so much for being with us today. Okay. You're welcome. Thanks for having us. All righty. And as we normally do before we end the broadcast, if you are listening today and you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, today is a great day, a wonderful day to be saved. In order to receive Christ and be saved, simply if you just if you want to make that step, we want to invite you to pray this prayer with us in order to commit your life fully to the Lord. The greatest decision in life is that of committing your life to Christ. Would you simply pray this prayer with us even now? Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me so very much that you came into this world a long time ago. You lived. You died on the cross to pay for my sins. Three days later, you rose up from the dead so that I could be saved. Lord, I confess, I have sinned and done wrong in many, many ways. Lord, I repent and turn from all the wrong I've done. Forgive me, Lord, for all the wrong things I've done. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Become my Lord and Savior. Make me the person you would have me to be. You told us in your word, whoever calls in the name of the Lord shall be saved. Right now, Lord, I'm calling on your name. Lord, save me. Fill me with your spirit. Help me to follow you all my life. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. Well, if you prayed that prayer, we very much want to be in touch with you. My email is joseph at afr.net. Again, that's joseph, J-O-S-E-P-H, at afr.net. Please email us. We'd like to share with you some literature and resources that will help you to begin to grow and grow strong in your new walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. We very much want to hear from you again, joseph at afr.net. Well, once again, Monica and Blake, again, thank you so much for being with us today. And and Blake, do you foresee maybe that you might have the opportunity sometime to share your speech in your church, or you really don't know at this point? Um, I don't know because I don't know how well it would really be recepted among everyone at the church. But right. I think sometime in the future, maybe. All right. Well, again, a powerful speech. I hope there will be many doors that open for you to get a chance to share it, a powerful speech that can bless a lot of people. But thank you again, Monica and Blake uh, and Annie, for being with us today. And keep up the great work following the Lord, okay? Thank you. (laughs) All right. And thank you for being a part of our listening family. Please pray for Blake and all the young people that have been a part of this project. They need your prayers. Thanks for listening. Join us again next time for the Hour of Intercession.
The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast do not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.